today marks the new month, a new series. So this month we are going to talk about family renew. Our theme for the beginning of the year was renew in 2022. Today we're going to talk about a new series, Family Renew. And I want you to come away with me to the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. If it's on your phone, matter of fact, if you have a phone, you can download our app and the notes will be right there for you to go along with and you can add to it. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. We're going to begin with verse 21. And I want to talk about what is in a form of a question. As we start this new series, what is family? What is a family? Say that with me. What is a family? And the reason why I ask the question because in the day that we live in, there are many different definitions of what a family is. Let me just read those verses of scripture. Verse 21 is where I want to start. And it says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Watch this now. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husband as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the savior of the body. Now, why Bishop had to start that in the scripture like that? You don't do that no more, Bishop. No, we got to understand what the scripture is saying. I think a lot of people fly off the handle because they don't understand. It's lack of understanding. And we got to have more of an understanding in order to grasp what God is trying to tell us. And when we do it God's way, we get what God has. Now, you understand in this season we're in in America, we have been bombarded with new thinking on redefining marriage. So my question is for you that you scholars, you deep people, you, I mean, you know, real deep. How can you improve on what God has done? How can you make something better than what God says it is done, it is complete, it is finished? So if God defines marriage, and he has, who can redefine marriage? I know we got this, you know, this humanistic way of thinking, this new age, this new this, new that. And someone then came up with a so-called revelation, an epiphany, and they feel like, hey, I went to bed and God gave me something new. If it's out of bounds, outside the boundary lines of the word of God, you take that back where you got it from. So we will first discuss the male partner and then the female partner 
But pay close attention here because I purposely will avoid the use of husband and wife. You see, marriage is more than that. Here it is right here. A marriage is a union of two people uh, becoming one. And only a male and a female can become one. And you ain't got to worry about me. I'm not trying to be politically correct. I'm not running for no office. So uh, I'm going to be biblically correct. All right. It is a union that will most time grow to a family union. And we will start with looking at the man's role both as a husband and as a father. Then we're going to look at the woman's role both as a wife and a mother. And then we will look at what uh, is love and how to love each other. And then we will look at the family reunion or the family union and how to keep the family unified. And then we will be discussing this topic in detail. But today, I am uh, going to touch on several issues of marriage and family. So this topic will not be easy for some and may uh, at times seem a little harsh. But if you understand, if you stick with me, you will grow. You will have what God wants you to have. You got to understand that God has laid this series on my heart and I will be delivering his message. So first, let's look at what a husband, what is a husband? What is a husband? All right, you ready? Taking notes? A husband is, as defined by Merriam-Webster Dictionary, a male partner in a marriage. That's the husband, is a male. A female cannot be a husband. This is in your secular dictionary that says it is a male partner in the relationship. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, many dictionaries have one, two, and three and so forth meanings to it, but it says the British is like a manager, a steward. That's what the male is, a fugal manager. So many people throughout uh, time have misrepresented or misinterpreted what a marriage consists of. And so many of them decide that it is a dictatorship and the husband is the dictator. Well, we know wrong. That's not right. And many have believed that no matter what the husband was in control and the wife was to be seen and not heard. And often we see many issues where the woman have been stated that they stayed in abusive and adulterous relationship because this is how they were raised. But that's out of style. We ain't doing that anymore. They were not to question the husband and no matter what, divorce was not an option. But let's, let's get it into the role of the man, the husband, uh, in a marriage. First, he is, don't throw nothing at me now, the head of the wife. Uh, no, I should have came another Sunday. 
I'm slowing down because I want to teach now. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 11 and 3 because I don't want to make this up. I want you to see it for yourself. Now, I'm saying, Bishop, he's just making that up as he goes. No, no. 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, no, it says, but I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ. Y'all okay with that one? <laughs> and the head of a woman is man. We ain't too good with that one. And the head of Christ is God. We okay with that. Now, if you're okay with the other two, you got to be okay with the other one. You can't separate and pick and choose what you want. Ezekiel said we got to eat the whole roll. But I know what the problem is. is because the male man, even if he don't know where the mailbox is, the male man has messed up his role. And therefore, he gets rejection. Male men, you cannot mess up your role and expect people to go along with what you are saying when you are out of order. Because get this now, you just read it. The head of man is Christ. He didn't just say one or two men. He said every man. Did, did that say that in that scripture? The head of every man is Christ. So if you don't classify Christ as your head, you already out of order. It's already derailed, and it ain't going to go right. You're telling her to keep her role. You can't keep yours. I, 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 be, I don't want to come to upset nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm not mad with nobody. I'm just teaching. You didn't like that scripture. Go to Ephesians 5 and 23. Look what it says. For the husband is the head of the wife. Even as Christ is the head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Gentlemen, you are a type of savior for your wife. Your wife is a type of church. Amen. So whatever Christ did for the church, you ought to do for your wife. If Christ died for the church, you should be willing to die for your wife. If Christ went through the beatings and the whippings and the crown of thorns on the head and hanging on the cross, you should be ready. Stand in line. I'm ready, Lord. It ain't sounding so good now, huh? You're the savior of the body. And I understand, ladies, you got it. You got the easy part. If you really look at it now. Hallelujah. Because a man should be willing to sacrifice everything. Let me move on. Don't leave now. Everybody know that you, you ain't liking this here. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. So the man, let me see if I got this right, is the head as just as Christ is the head of the church. So does that mean that the man is a dictator? Absolutely not. N-O-T in capital letters. 
So this means that the man is the leader. That's what it means. That he is, here it is, the one that's accountable. Just as Christ is accountable for us, we are accountable for the marriage. So Christ laid his life down for us, and he was crucified for our sin. So the husband, the man, is accountable for the family. It is the husband who must lead the family. That is not an iron fist approach which says that it is my way or no way or my way or the highway. It is merely a role of leadership which leads by the means of example and Christian living. Say that with me. Example and Christian living. So, man, you are there to be an example. You will be first partakers of being a man that's showing, lead by example, and Christian living. You show your family how to live for Christ. Am I in trouble, first lady? All right, since I'm out there, she said, go ahead and preach. Okay. I'm glad the keys... Oh, back to on my table some of this. It is also is a leadership based off of love and submission. So, gentlemen, your leadership is based based off of love and submission. What is your leadership based off of? Love. So, your leadership is based off of love and submission. Wait a minute, I, I, Bishop, I don't know nothing about that submission thing. Oh, yeah, your, 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 your leadership is based off of love and submission. I, I, I thought, Reverend, that the wife was the one that should back that thing up. <laughs> Look what it says. Verse 21, Ephesians 5, 21. Submitting yourselves one to another. So everybody submit. Submitting yourselves one to another. Everybody, say that loud and say it proud. Everybody submit. Not just everybody, but everybody. I hear you. Now, I'm going to get more into the love relationship later. But the important message here is that you lead by example and that Christ gives the example. So, you lead through love and sacrifice. All right, ladies, y'all be still. But men, say this with me. I must lead through love and sacrifice. So the first person to sacrifice in the home is the man. Don't ask your wife to sacrifice. You sacrifice. Because you lead by love and sacrifice. That's how Christ led. He led by love and sacrifice. See, when you do it this way, it makes it easier for your wife to submit. Because she realized now you're submitting to Christ. And when she says you're submitting to Christ, it's in order. Most women I hear, they, they say, you know what? I want me a man of God. Well, what are you saying? You want a man that's led by Christ that can lead you. That is what you're saying. You want a man that's led by Christ that can lead you. 
Watch this. If he don't commit to being led by Christ, I'm, I'm going to get rid of trouble first, ladies. He can't lead you. Now, he can say I'm leading by in word only, but it won't be in deed. See, I knew the, I knew the amens were going to get a little. I'm glad Elder Taylor came up here and got y'all all hyped into praise and worship and everything else. Hallelujah. So it's up to the husband to, through example, teach the word of God and to follow the footsteps of Christ as laid out in the word of God. So we're not here to just tell you what God's words say. We follow Christ's footsteps and lead you into what God says. You want your wife to pray more? You start praying. You want her to read the Bible more? You start reading. You want her to respect you more? You start respecting and giving love to her. He always talking about the men. Don't worry, brother. Her turn is coming. You be just on you right now. She got her turn. Hold on a minute. She got her turn. Because I know. You say, bitch, you just don't know who I'm married to. <laughs> that is the wicked witch from over yonder. <laughs> hold on a minute now. Before you start calling her names, hold on now. So let's, let's talk about the role of submission. So we just said in Ephesians 5 21, right? Submitting yourself one to another. So everybody submits, right? So here we told submit one to another. Not just the wife submitted to the husband. See, there's a difference between worldly submission and godly submission. Did you know that? Worldly submission, boy, they'll have, they'll have you all been out of shape. I'm not submitting no man. See, you're thinking worldly. You're thinking worldly submission. We're talking about godly submission. There's a difference. Amen? So godly submission is that of being accountable and one that is serving and caring. That's godly submission. You are serving and caring. That's godly submission. Jesus was a servant leader. And he healed people because he cared. The first people you need to learn how to serve are people in your home. So you're here to serve and to show care. I don't care what they taught you, your daddy, but my dad told me a woman should be in her place and she shouldn't be saying nothing and she needs to respect me. No, 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 no. You, you lead by serving and caring. It is going to be a tough relationship when a man don't show that he cares. You want to see a woman whose heart, her demeanor, everything is broken when she's married to a man that don't care. I remember years ago, my wife and I was counseling, brother and his wife, and man, 
she's there just crying her eyeballs out, saying how she couldn't get in. And this joker just looking straight ahead like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, no problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then he had the nerve to say, I don't care. That's a death blow to a relationship. There's nothing you can do with a person when they don't care. Because in order to give love, you got to care. In order to ask for forgiveness, you got to care. If Jesus served, what's, what's the matter with us? He wasn't even ashamed to stoop down and to wash the disciples' dirty, nasty, funky feet. I ain't touching nobody's feet. What's wrong with you? It's the principle behind it. That you don't think of yourself more than the next person that it's all about you. Jesus made no reputation of himself. He became obedient even to the death of the cross. The cross said, I'm here waiting on you. You got to come up here. He didn't say, "Uh uh-uh, I'm not going there. He did what he had to do to show you that he was willing to do what he needed to do because he cared about us. Even though we don't care about him. Because if we cared about him, he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. If you love me, you'll do what I say do. A lot of you say you love Jesus. You don't love him. You said that's just lip service. You don't love him because if you love him, you'll do what he tells you to do. He said, forsake not to assemble yourself together as such or some have. You make excuses why not to come together. And I mean, you got, you don't justify to your mind. Ooh, this is a good excuse here. God knows. So Godless submission is that of being accountable, one that is serving and caring. Now, just as Christ is accountable for the church, so man is accountable. This means that just as Christ submits to the church, so must man submit to Christ. And the woman submits to man. And man is not a dictator. He is a leader. You're not a dictator, brother. You are a leader. I need you to do this. I need you to do that. 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 No, no, what we need you to do is follow Christ. So this by no means is stating that the woman is beneath the man, that she is to be dominated, nor that she is to be seen and not heard. This put a huge responsibility on the man. It's a huge responsibility. Because if you don't like the way she acts, it's your responsibility. Oh! We got hit quick like this. See, I don't like the way she acts this and that. Well, you got to teach her how to do it a different way. 
You've been praying to God. You should have all, listen, you should, you just should have got up with God and God then gave you the answer for when your wife come and wants to do something that's contrary to God, God should download something inside you and say, baby, that's not the way that God will have us to do it. I just got up talking to God. I just read the scripture where it says, now either you want me to do it your way or you want me to do it God's way. Is the blessing going to come from you or is it going to come from God? And I want this household to be blessed. But you can't talk like that if you're not having a relationship with God. Ooh, this is a good Sunday here. So it's a huge responsibility on the man. It puts the role of leadership and accountability upon him. That's what you got, man. You got that dual role. You got leadership and you got accountability. Leadership and accountability. I don't want to, I don't want to be accountable. Accountability means that, you know, you always, you, you don't have nothing to hide. That's a good being accountable. It's nothing which, uh, hey, I'm getting ready to go here. You know, I had to stop off and get something right here. And then I'll be here. And, you know, uh, what? What's wrong with that? What if something happens? At least they know. Where you were going. But now accountability is not to say where you're going and then you don't go there and you're going somewhere else. It is a fine line that we walk. Men have to understand their role and understand the responsibility placed upon them. And so you first have to understand we were all male and female and made in God's image. Before the church started, we were male and female. Before we started singing all these songs, before we started hicking and bucking and everything else, he made male and female in God's image. So we are two different sexes with different parts. You don't take a rocket science to know that. So this also means that God made us equally responsible for populating the world. And he made male and then female. He created them equal with different tasks. Oh, I like that. He created us equal with different tasks. Your wife don't look like you. She's not going to do like you. She think different from you. Matter of fact, she's, she's complicated and she is well put together. She think out both sides of her brain. When you got that one side going on, I'm telling you, she can outthink you. Amen. That's why when you get in intense fellowship and heated discussions and everything, you trying to get your little one side out and she done said one thing and on another one. And you sitting there trying to catch up like I said, baby. Like I said, baby. Like I said. Like I said. And she done said four, five things since then. What y'all laughing about? You know that's the truth. So he created them equal with different tasks. He did not make man more intelligent than woman or vice versa. You are not more intelligent because you know more. That don't mean that. He did not make woman inferior to man. No, he made them equal. 
He did not condemn woman alone for the sins of Adam and Eve. He did not condemn all mankind. Adam could have made a choice not to eat the fruit, but this is for another sermon. But I'm telling you, he had to make a choice. Just because somebody come at you one way does not mean you need to retaliate in the same way. Let them look foolish by themselves. You want to act a nut? Look how I look, world. Look how my husband acted. Look how my wife acted. A plum nut. If a person wants to act foolish, let them act foolish by themselves. Just because they invited you to the foolish party don't mean you got to come. Who you talking to? Oh, you want some of this? Uh-huh. Yeah, let's go. You ready? So a leader is one who people follow willingly due to their ability to lead by example and to lead with care and concern. I need you to highlight that. So Christ is a true leader who leads by example. He led through serving others. He washed the disciples' feet. He led the flock by his example. He led through serving just as we are to do. And we are to be servants to one another. Are you listening to me? We are to serve others as Christ served us. And he did not ever lead through fear and intimidation. Get that in your spirit. He didn't lead through fear and intimidation. It's a sad man that tried to lead by fear and intimidation. Because when you lead by fear and intimidation, they'll do what you say when you're in their sight. But out in your sight, they're doing something different. That's the worst type of leadership you could ever have, fear and intimidation. The best kind of leadership you can have is by example, caring and concern. Are you following me? So it's never by fear and intimidation. Oh, trust me, we, he could have scared everyone into following him. Christ got the power to scare every last one of us into following him. If you don't follow me, I got something for you. It's called the lake of fire, Gehenna. Gehenna. Huh? Show the hell. I, I, listen, I got something for you. He could, he could really put pressure on if he He could scare us all. Say, don't do it. You're going to die by tomorrow. He had the power to do that. But he don't lead by fear and intimidation. See, Christ was not a bully who bullied and beat people into living life correctly. No, he did no such thing. He never had to coerce people or threaten them into submission. And you should never have to coerce your wife and threaten her into submission. You lead her and show her how it is done. Are you following me? He did not take away free will. He did not take away your ability to make choices, wrong or right. You still have the ability to make choice, and you are accountable for those choices. Man is made in the image of God, and we ought to strive to be like Christ in all things. Men, let me lay this right out on the line. We are here to be an example of Christ.
it doesn't, it doesn't even matter what she's trying to do in the little game she's trying to play. God said, what did I tell you to do? I told you to follow me. Everything gets off track when you take matters in your hand and say, huh, she did that to me. I'm going to do this to her. And it wound up destroying the whole family aspect. It destroys everything. And the devil sitting back there. <laughs> yeah, tell him this. <laughs> tell her this. <laughs> tell him this. <laughs> tell her that. And he's sitting back there laughing at both of us. You know what gets me? It's not just the unbelievers, but we got folk in church. Some that are, say they're faithful to the, the body and even in leadership. And you cannot have a God-centered marriage and family? What's the matter you? Christ giving us all this example and you cannot follow the example that he's given you? Sir, ma'am, you are totally in your flesh. You are trying to satisfy your flesh because you think it's a competition thing. If she did this to me, I'm going to do that. You are not in competition. You are not each other's competition. The competition is the devil that's trying to take both of us out of here. So what? You got to lose something. He said that he that loses life will find his life. So what? You got to give up something. Christ gave everything. When it's quiet like that, that means some good teaching. So in Ephesians 5, look what verse 25 says. Husband, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. Now how do we know he loved the church? And he gave himself for it. I ain't marry you to fight with you. I married you to give to you. That's what he said. He, that he gave himself. My wife knows I'm here to give myself to her. I'm not here to fight with her and make her life miserable. I'm here to give to her. Oh, glory to God. So first I need to point out that the husband is being told to love their wives. The word love used in 334 scriptures in the Bible. In two places it uses for the wife. First in Proverbs 5 and 19. Look up at it on the screen there. I'm, about, I'm coming now. So let her be as loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breasts satisfy thee at all times. Not, not who that over there talking about all times? Why you, why you had to read it like that? Breasts. But, but see, and be, watch this, and be thou ravished always with her love. Right? So let her be loving. Here's where it says she need to love. All right? So which was not saying to the wives to love the husband, but merely stating that indeed you are ravished with her love. 
So this is saying that she does love you. It is not assuming any different, nor is it a command for her to love you. She responds to what you give her. You're always ravished with how she responds to what you give her. Now let's think for a minute. Men, what are you giving your wives? Are you giving them a bunch of heartache, headache, fussing, arguing? We don't need to buy that. We don't need to do this. We don't need that. Shut up, woman. You're in hush. You don't know what you're talking about. You just make me sick. How you going to be ravaged with a love y'all always talking like that? See, this kind of message, you, we don't need you shouting. We need you listening. All right, you didn't like that one. The second time it's used is in Titus 2 and 4. Here it is. That they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, and to love their children. So here it is saying that the, woman, uh, the women are taught to love their husbands as a young woman. And again, I must say that they are not being commanded to love their husbands, nor is it being implied that they would ever not love their husbands. So we have been commanded as men that we must love our wives. He says this to the woman because it's a response to what you are commanded to do. Got it? So it goes into detail explaining how you are to love her. Now, we are told to be willing, as Christ did, to give yourself for your wife. This means that you are to be willing to give up your own existence for the existence of your wife. So you have to be willing to lay down your life for her. Now, do you think that we are only being taught that we must be willing to die for our wife? I think not. We must be willing in all things to put yourself behind the wife. You may ask, well, what this mean? Well, it, let's try to answer this as easy as we can. Our needs will be met by meeting the needs of those we love. First and foremost, we should be the need, we should, we should, uh, meet the needs of our wife. This means that we must not put ourselves, our selfish agenda at work. We must look for what is the best service to our wives. So this goes in the family as well. Our needs should not be first. Our needs should be encompassed in the needs of the woman and re revolved around them as such. Do not get me wrong here, there is a difference between the needs and wants. So we are not even going to discuss the wants, but as that would be much too lengthy at this time because we know all of us in here, we got a whole bunch of wants. Right? So we are merely talking about here needs. We all have certain needs and must be sustained. For example, but by no means limited to these things, is the fact that we need clothing. This is in the means of clothes to cover ourselves, right? So we need nourishment, both physical and spiritual, right? We need water to drink, and we need to be needed. 
Nobody want to be around anybody if they don't feel needed. And I know this all seems to be, you know, going nowhere. But however, uh, believe me, it, it, it's going somewhere. So we need nourishment. And this is laid upon the responsibility of the man, not just by means of bringing food into the home. It is also his responsibility to bring the nourishment of the gospel. Men, you bring the nourishment of the gospel. That's why you got to study the word to show yourself approved under God. A workman need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You got to nourish your wife with the gospel. Got it? It is a man's role to set the tone of spirituality within the home. And if he were one of, of a non-belief, then the family will most likely be the same. And if he were one that lead his family to church and Christian fellowship, then they shall follow. I always look at it this way. We are a team who plays better together than individually. So the family is just as a team in no matter what sport you play. The team is made up of individuals with different talents and different degrees of ability. The family is the same. The father is the leader uh, or the coach, and he held, he's, he's held responsibility for what happens. The wife or the mother is the captain of the team, and she's responsible for controlling the actions while the game is played. She is to rally the troops and keep them focused. She is to guide them on the field and call the plays sent in from the sideline and so forth and so on. The children are the remaining team members. They are the ones who win or lose the game. It is the coach's responsibility to teach, to train, and develop the team. And the captain takes the coach's input and guides the team on the field. And the team begins to grow and gain more knowledge and experience. So we understand that everybody got their responsibility, have their role, and have their duties. So God has laid on my heart that the world today with every sanity of marriage being destroyed through the same-sex marriage abuse and all these other things, uh, so forth and so on, that someone taught the true meaning on many issues with regard to marriage, and some may be harder to see other than others. However, it is important uh, that we have a full understanding of the term marriage. We should try to gain a full understanding of the husband and the wife relationship. So you got to understand, wife, you are there to follow his lead. You throw things out of order when you want to go your way when he's trying to take you Christ's way. He and Christ going this way and you going that way. Who you think going to fare out the best on that? He and Christ going this way. And you going that way. Who going to fare better? You got to have Christ. And you got to follow the order of God. It is creative order. God created it. You didn't. God created it. I didn't. But he knows how a family is supposed to function. I don't care what other folks say. God wrote the blueprints. He the one that designed everything. He was the architect of marriage. He was the architect of family. And if you wanted to go right, follow his architectural drawings. 
He drew it up for you to succeed. I don't know about you, but I want to succeed in my marriage. And if you're single, you should want to succeed when you get in your marriage. Is, am I right about it, single people? Hallelujah. And so we should try to gain full understanding of what a husband and wife relationship, and we need to have a full understanding of what a, ma- a family means. I don't know about you, but listen, I'm tired of listening to folk that ain't going nowhere. I want to get around people who have done this thing, who have gone through some stuff, and then they can tell me how I can overcome, how I can come on through this thing all right. And don't you know that, listen, you don't have much time left. Man, if you've been out of order, now it's time for you to get things in order. It's now time for you to start leading and following Christ and leading your family in the right way. And it does not matter because all of us got gifts and talents differently. So what? Your wife may be able to sing better than you. That's okay. You just encourage her to keep on singing. So what? You may be able to grasp a concept better than she does. It's okay. It's for the betterment of the entire family. You may do math better. She may do English better. It does not matter. We're not in competition, but we bring it to the table so that it can bless the entire family. Y'all don't want to hear me in here. So as quiet as it kept, we are tired of going around in circles and not being the family that God wants us to be. Yes, 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 I don't care. The devil has tried to destroy many relationships. And when we look at the statistics on marriage, that one out of two marriages being divorced, even in a Christian home, the devil is a liar because we got all of this instruction and all of how we can make it and how we can have a marital bliss in this holy writ. And we're letting other folk tell us what we need to do and it's getting worse and worse and worse. The devil is a liar I'm not listening to anybody that's going against God's holy word because God is the one that created marriage and he's the one that's sanctioned it and he's the one that can tell you how it's supposed to be quit looking at Hollywood and say I need her to look like that quit looking at Hollywood and say I need him to be a hunk like this no you need somebody that's gonna love you that's gonna love somebody got a good spirit somebody that's got a good heart you always marry the spirit of a person you don't marry the features of a person because your features going to change through the years. You're going to get my God a little more plump. You're going to lose a little bit more hair. Some of you done lost all your hair, but it's all right. You done got better than you were when you had a head full of hair. You think better now than you ever thought in your entire life. I don't hear nobody in here. So I'm not going for it. I'm not selling for what the world got to say about marriage and about what all these other politicians got to say about marriage and trying to recreate stuff and trying to redefine stuff, it is still between a male and a female. It's still between a man and a woman. I don't care what you got to say about it, and I still love you on top of it. Even though you saying something different, I'm still going to love you while I'm telling you the truth. Am I your enemy because I tell you the truth? No, I'm not your enemy. I am somebody that's trying to help you stay in right relationship with God. Can you say Amen. Yes, yes, yes. It's time for a change. Would you look down your row and tell everybody it's time for a change? Look behind you and say it's time for a change. 
Yes, look beside you and tell them, say, it's time for a change. Change your actions and you'll change your life. If you're tired of going through the same old thing, if you'll change your action, change your decision, or you'll change your life. And I thank God that God give us a perfect way of life. Can you say amen? I don't know about you, but I want a family that's pleasing to God. I want a family that leads by example. I want a family that's a accountable to one another. I want a family who leads to love and sacrifice. I want a family that is serving and caring. I want a family who leads with care and concern. Lord, give us godly families. Lord, help us to be responsible. And this is our prayer. Help us to meet the needs of those we love and help us to be better together. Lord, give us families ordained by you. Help us to love in spite of. Not because of, but in spite of. Even in spite of my crazy self. Help me to love my wife in a more perfect way. In a more excellent way. Let me get rid of this flesh so I can see you more. Get rid of this flesh so I won't walk by the flesh. But I walk by the spirit so I won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Can you say amen? Help us, God. I want a family of integrity. I want a family that I don't have to worry about. I want a family that's free of drama. I want a family that knows how to work together. Give us a family with a healthy relationship. Give us a family that's destined to succeed. Give us a family that's full of blessings. Uh, this is our prayer. Uh, I, I want, uh, I want a family, uh, my God, that I can show the world uh, that God can turn this thing around. Uh, we came in it for one reason, uh, but now I know the real reason uh, why I fell in love with this woman. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, this is our prayer today. Uh, we need you to show us how uh, to be a good godly family. Uh, somebody lift their hands uh, and say, Lord, let me be uh, what I need to be uh, in order to have a good family. Uh, change my ways. Uh, change my thoughts. Uh, and change my heart. Uh, Take out this old stony heart uh, and give me a heart of flesh. Uh, take out this bad heart uh, and replace it with a good heart. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, I want a family uh, that God can look down on uh, and say it is after me and the church. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, I need to be a family uh, so the world can see. Uh, this is how you treat your wife. This is how you treat your husband. Can you say amen? Is there anybody here that want a family that God wants? Is there anybody here that's ready to change their ways? There's anybody here that need God to make that thing better? If you need God, lift your hand and say, God, I need you to change my ways. Shout yeah. Shout yes. Y'all have a good day now. I 
need to know what a family is. I don't need the world to tell me you do this and that and the other. But I need to read it from God. I need God to show me how to love my wife. Not the world, but I need God. Can you say amen? Now after today, I hope you take these words uh, that I spoke to you in your heart uh, and change your ways uh, and come out a new man uh, and come out a new woman. Uh, leave those doors coming out uh, on a new lease on life. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, how many are ready uh, to turn this thing around? Uh, how many are ready uh, to change your ways? Uh, how many are you ready? Uh, I'm ready. Somebody lift their hand and say, I'm ready to be all God want me to be. Shout, yeah. Hey, hey. I'm, I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. I, I got a little celebratory right there. I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit. We'll come back next week. Hallelujah. We'll come back next week. Everybody standing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Ah. Oh. God, make us the families that you want us to become. Please help us men to follow Christ. And help our wives to follow us as we follow Christ. I'm telling you, if we get this thing in order, our lives are going to be better. You're going to look at your man and say, who are you? This is not the same person I married. This man follow Christ like nobody's business. He done got himself together. He's getting it in order. Now watch this, ladies. You are a help meet. You help him meet his obligations to the Lord. You don't call him out his name and look at you. You're like you're no good daddy. You're like you, you ain't nothing. You're, 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 a little, you're a little roach. You're a little snail. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Y'all say worse this stuff than that. You know, y'all to my Lord Jesus. I know some of y'all, y'all can show up, put it down. Don't let the devil get real good in there. You just start saying all kind of explicit. Huh? Watch this, ladies. Every time you push him down, you push yourself down. Every time you lift him up, you lift yourself up. And see, I'm telling you, you frustrated and think that it's him. But it ain't him, it's you. Because God gave you the power to be a great helpmate. So you can take a man's last name and make it better than what you, where you found it. A man can't do that, but a woman got that power to do that. You got the power to make his name great. Girl, when you going to start using your power to make it great? Stop tearing it down and start building it up. We know he ain't doing everything right. You ain't either. Because you didn't marry a perfect man and he didn't marry a perfect woman. 
Now, you got to know when you're going in, you ain't marrying nobody perfect. But you say, I'm willing to work with your imperfections and love you through it. Ah, yes, yes. That's, that's kind of hypocritical. You want everybody to put up with your flaws, but you don't want to put up with somebody else's. You crazy about to make me crazy. This is what Scripture says. Scripture says, a soft answer turns away wrath. You should never have a knockdown blowout in your house where y'all screaming to the top of your lungs. Because he said a soft answer turns away wrath. We start hollering at one another, hot up, raise up, and stop up all our eardrum. We, you ain't hearing me, I ain't hearing you. We just hollering to the top of our voice. We just start just saying stuff. You ugly. You fat. You know, when you start throwing that stuff out there, it's hard to bring it in. Because that stuff done registered and it stays with you. 17 years later, baby, you still think I'm fat? say that? When did I say that? 17 years ago. Help us, Jesus. See, what we got to understand is that you're not going to look like everybody else. God made you special by yourself. And we, we, can't, we can't throw rocks and hide our hands. Because, see, there's some people that ain't going to never be skinny. And there's some folk that ain't going to never gain no weight. Girl, yeah, I can turn sideways. I can see your heart beat. You, you just so skinny. They, 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 got, they, they don't have fat features. They, they just, they don't have those features. They don't have those features. They're going to be just, when you see their parents, that's how they, they, they. And then some of them, we got to work on it. We got to work on it. But watch this. If there's work that needs to be done in the home, the man needs to be first one and say, hey, babe, let's start walking together. Just grab a hand, start holding it, we're going to go walk. Next thing you know, you done walked a mile. Now we're on two miles. We're just walking, talking. See, that's a form of exercise without saying, you need a treadmill is what you need. <laughs> no. So, honey, I just thought that, you know, maybe, you know, Get our heart rate up a little bit. We need to just go out and just start walking the neighborhood and just sharing with each other. Amen? You need to eat. You're just so skinny. And you know, you're not concerned about how they are feeling. It's showing that you are not concerned and you're not caring. If you love them, you got to show concern and you got to show care. Are y'all hearing me? If your spouse asks you how something looks, don't lie to them. Tell them the truth. My wife get ready to go to church or whatever. She put on a dress and everything. She said, baby, how I look? 
I said, now you real fine in that one. She said, real fine? I said, I mean real, real fine. She said, oh, I need, I need to take this one off then. I need to take this one off. Because I'm going to have other folk looking. Hallelujah. <laughs> you got to be honest with them. And if it looks nice, say it looks nice. Amen. See, see, marriage is about honesty. See, y'all don't like to be real in your marriage. If my breath stinks, you got to tell me. Well, y'all ain't real over here. Y'all see, y'all ain't, y'all think, see, you're not right. You're not ready. You like to fake all the time. If my breath stinks, you're like, baby, you might need to get, get put something in that, you know. Might need to put something in that right there. Jesus, you about to kill me. You got to be honest. You got to be honest with each other. In marriage, you got to be honest with each other. See, I'd rather you tell me than five people follow after you and every one of them say, Ooh, my God. <laughs> you know, you could have avoided them other five people frowning up at me if you would have told me. Are you following me? Amen. You just got to be honest in a, in a marriage. If my deodorant didn't hold me, you got to tell me. Y'all, see, y'all, let me go ahead on quick. See, you don't want to be real. You got to be real. And you got to help each other. You don't just talk about one another. That's your husband. That's your wife. You want best for them. Amen. Now, if you got two cars, the best car normally go to the wife. So which one you want? You want you to be on the side of the road or you want your wife to be on the side of the road? Huh? You want her being on the side of the road with something going on? She got the hood up and somebody come by? Or do you rather be the one? You call one of the Hey, bro, man, my thing just broke down. Would you come over and help me out? You got to think like that. You got to protect your investment. You protect your investment. That's why my wife always on me. And I say, well, why are you? She said, I'm protecting my investment. My children tell me all the time, Dad, you're going to live a long time. Mama got you all these vitamins and everything else and this and that and other. See, I got to protect my investment. You either pay now or you pay later. All right, y'all standing.